One guy. One gal. One actor. And one year. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner Project. Good evening, Greg. Good evening, Kate. Welcome to COVID Central. Exactly. I got it from somebody and I got it, gave it to you. And now we feel like garbage and yep. we can't sleep. Yep. We can't do anything for more than about an hour at a time. Yep. So we're recording our podcast. Yeah. So if we sound crappy, that's why. Exactly. But it's a slice of life here. Exactly. And this is my first bout of it. Oh, it's number three for me. But uh, it's a humdinger. I have to say, I think this might be the worst bout I've had. Because I really don't feel well. But what are we going to do? Soldier on. Yes. We've got each other. We do. And we've got Kevin to keep us company during this difficult time. Exactly. And there's some news on Kevin's direction here. Yes, we both have Costner-related news. Do you want to go first? Go ahead, Kate. You go with yours first. All right. Well, those of you who have been around a while know that we had a little contest about Kevin Costner's coffee, which he came out with in conjunction with Green Mountain Coffee. And uh, it turns out that Four different people associated with Yellowstone, that's the TV show that Kevin is finishing up his terms with, four different entities have created food products as a result of their collaboration with Yellowstone. Three of them are pertaining to coffee. The other two are Taylor Sheridan, who wrote and created the the TV show, and Cole Hauser, who is also an actor on the show. He also created a company called Free Rain, which made its own coffee called American Dirt. Well, according to the lawsuit, the Sheridan-owned Bosque Ranch sued Free Rain for coffee copyright infringement that would be hilarious it's not even copyright but copyright would be unbelievable anyway it's trademark infringement free rain has an fr logo and bosque ranch has a br logo and the argument is that they are the same and likely to cause consumer confusion although neither one will comment publicly on the lawsuit. So it's Costner adjacent. Nobody's suing him. He's not suing anyone. But the creator of the show and his co-star are suing each other over coffee. So I would say if we were coffee drinkers, we'd stick with the Kevin Costner Green Mountain Coffee. What you got for everybody, Greg? Well, back a while ago, we had talked about how the sycamore gap tree had been cut down. This was the tree in England that had a cameo in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Correct. Which sat next to Hadrian's Wall. Apparently, the cuttings and some of the mature seeds from the tree are showing positive signs of life. And they're hoping that over 30% of these mature seeds and cuttings will be viable to revive this tree. Awesome. Uh, And this just, uh, the article that I'm reading just came out on December 6th, so it's fairly fresh news about that. But this is the first news in a while from, from that. Very good. Well, here's hoping. It won't be the same, but... I mean, it will be the same, but not the same. It'll right. probably take quite a while. Well, that tree took 300 years to grow, so it's not going to grow to that size in our exactly. lifetime. But here's hoping. Here's hoping. All right. Well, this week we are discussing which movie? 
Field of Dreams. This is a 1989 sports fantasy. Rated PG. And it lasted one hour and 47 minutes. Correct. Kevin plays. Ray Kinsella. We've got an IMDb rating of 7.5 out of 10. And a Rotten Tomatoes of 88. I am astounded by this, incidentally, because those are lower ratings than Bull Durham. And we feel complete opposite about them. Yeah, Bull Durham was not for us. Yeah, I'm very disappointed to hear about that. So who else was in this movie? There were some heavy hitters and some some people who have gone on to have successful character careers. Well, of course, main person... James Earl Jones plays Terrence Mann. And Ray Liotta, who unfortunately died a couple years ago. He also was in this as Shoeless Joe Jackson. So they were kind of the top three big names on this thing. Um, Burt Lancaster. Yes. Now, I would love to talk to Kevin Costner about Burt Lancaster and being in a movie with him, given that... Burt Lancaster was known for being a real tough guy back in the day and doing a lot of westerns and a lot of, you know, real macho type movies. So it would be great to know how he enjoyed working with him. Yeah. And this was like the polar opposite for Burt Lancaster of the roles that he was kind of typecast into. Right, right, of course. Timothy Busfield. Many of you might know him from the West Wing, and he's in a lot of other things. He was the chief bad guy. A young Gabby Hoffman was in this. And I'm just going to call Art LaFleur out. Art LaFleur was in Oscar, one of my favorite movies. And he, unfortunately, died two years ago in November. And I was really sad. He has just uh, the kindest face, and he had a beautiful career as a character actor. And I'm really sorry to say that he is no more. So actually quite a few of these people, I think, are deceased. I think, I mean, Burt Lancaster has been gone quite some time. Is James Earl Jones still alive? I guess he is. Last I knew he was. Yeah, he's 92. God bless you. So anyway, a really top-notch cast. What is this movie overall about, Greg? Well, I would say the main underlying thing is about baseball. But the more important thing is that it's more about interaction of Ray Kinsella and his dad, his interaction with his family, and also trying to help out Burt Lancaster's character and James Earl Jones' character through stuff it was a very in-depth analysis i was hoping for guy hears voices builds baseball field drives to boston drives to minnesota saves his farm the end (laughs) (laughs) well that's another way to say it (laughs) i think anybody who tells you that this movie is about baseball has really oversimplified what this movie is about I think it happens to be a movie in which baseball is kind of the wheel around which things turn, but ultimately baseball has very little to do with what's important in this movie. Correct, correct. Really, the only baseball you get is when they're at um, at Fenway briefly, and then, of course... Them playing sort of the pickup game on the field that's built out of the cornfield. So basically what's going on here, in case you've been living under a rock and don't know this movie at all. Kevin Costner's character, Ray Kinsella, has fallen in love with Annie. They've gotten married, had a child, and moved to Iowa. They were uh, Berkeley hippies back in the 60s. And the only thing that Ray Kinsella knew about Iowa was that Amy was from there. Yeah, Annie. <laughs> Annie, sorry, Annie. Was the actress from... is Amy Madigan, right, and right. the character is Annie. So it's gonna 
in our COVID brains, it's going to be confusing. Yeah, he says, like, the only thing we had in common was that she was from Iowa and I knew where Iowa was or something like that. Yeah, forget the exact line. So they move back to Iowa and they, they buy this farm and he is growing crops of corn, which if you've ever been to Iowa. That's the main crop I there. I would <laughs> say that is a big crop in Iowa. We have been through Iowa several times and um, you see plenty of cornfields. So as he's out there, I don't, I don't want to say he's looking over his crops, but whatever. He hears a voice. We've, we started this episode with the famous, if you build it, he will come. And this sets him off on an odyssey to build this ballpark, then go out to Boston to meet up with Terrence Mann, who was an influential author back in the 60s. Then they go pick up a doctor who never had a chance to play in the majors, really. He, he played for half an inning and didn't yes. even get to bat. Moonlight Graham. And then uh, they all rendezvous back at the farm where Annie's brother played by Timothy Busfield the evil Mark is attempting to force his sister and brother-in-law to sell the farm to him and his investor partners right because he's claiming all the banks gonna foreclose on them because they haven't been able to make the payments and Uh, you've just plowed under your most valuable crop and Kind of like the Polar Express, if you know that story where once you stop believing in the magic, you can't hear the bell ring anymore. Mark cannot see the men who are playing baseball out on the field. Nor can his wife or mother-in-law. Yeah. So there's a little bit of tension there because they think that Ray and Annie have gone crazy and are making fun of them for not understanding what's actually happening but of course we're in on it meanwhile ray liotta plays shoeless joe jackson who is the yeah he's the first ghost that appears out of the corn and yeah so he was a player historically he actually did exist right and he was kicked out of baseball for a gambling scandal with the chicago white Sox. In the early part of the 1900s, like in the that 1920s. They, right. they threw the World Series, supposedly, and got paid off to throw the World Series. And they were suspended from baseball, from baseball. forever. Yeah. But as Ray points out, there's no evidence that Shoeless Joe participated in the scheme. He did take the money, but he batted and fielded remarkably with no errors and a massive batting average. Anyway, that's the movie. In a nutshell. Correct. This is based on the book Shoeless Joe by W.P. Kinsella, same last name as Kevin Costner's character. But there is my favorite book of all time, The Last Days of Summer by Steve Kluger, which is also ostensibly about baseball. But really, if you think about it being about baseball, it's overly simplistic. It's really about the fact that none of us no matter who we are, can't make a positive change in somebody's life if we just give it a whirl. And a lot of the players that were mentioned in this particular movie, in Field of Dreams, are also mentioned in Last Days of Summer. And uh, the little boy in that book is a Dodgers fan, and they talk about the Dodgers moving and the stadium being destroyed and one of the things that I really liked about kind of the crossover between last days and field of dreams was that in last days of summer he's the main character says something about Ty Cobb's soul being made of dog shit and in fact um in field of dreams Ray Liotta says Ty Cobb wanted to come play but none of us like him so (laughs) they didn't let him play so I guess he was a son of a gun and I didn't know about that, even though I'm a, a baseball fan. I didn't know about that until I originally watched Field of Dreams. And yeah, I mean, I've heard of Ty Cobb. Right. I'm, I assume many people have heard of Ty Cobb, but I didn't know he was. I knew he was a great baseball player. I just didn't know that he was uh, 
kind of a shit. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Um, and as an aside, COVID's given me a bit of a potty mouth, so my apologies. Do you have to like baseball to enjoy Field of Dreams? No. I believe that this movie can stand alone, and I think that a lot of the boldness of, like, Rakinsella's character uh, to go through with this whole thing, and and a lot of other things that happen, along with, like, the scene about trying to ban books and all of that... There's a lot of stuff in here that goes well beyond baseball. That goes to a lot of the heart of what we're trying to be as American. And that it still is true today as it was back when they made Field of Dreams. I mean, we're talking about banning books Again, I mean that, that's I mean, forty years later, right? Exactly. We're we're doomed to repeat it, basically, is because of the way people are. And I think another big aspect of this is sort of the fantasy, the what happens in the afterlife. A lot of this goes around talking about these ghosts that have come to play baseball in Iowa. Not only does Shoeless Joe show up, but at the end, Reconcella's dad is there, and he was actually the catcher, and they end up playing catch at the end of the movie. And so there's a lot of stuff to really unwrap in this movie, and I probably didn't do it fully justice there. It's hard to each scene, there's probably something that you could sort of pick out and say, this is a great line, this is a great thing to talk about. What big aspect, Kate, do you feel that we should relay to our listeners? Or a couple things, what should we really dive into, you think? Uh, like the book-burning thing, or what, 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 what stuff? So I think... For sure, this is not a movie about baseball. I mean, it is. You can't get away from the fact that there is baseball in this movie. Right. But here's what I think are the main themes of Field of Dreams. Number one, following your passion. Even when everybody else in the world thinks you're crazy. You gotta do what the voice in your head tells you to do sometimes. And the consequences are going to be what they're going to be. But you won't know if you don't try. Right. I think there are themes of redemption in this. So a lot of these players, their passion in life or their thing that they were good at was playing baseball. And, you know, whether or not they were guilty of what they were accused of, they were kicked out and forbidden from ever doing that again. I think... So they got to redeem themselves a little bit by yeah. by coming and playing on this f- field in, in Iowa, yeah. And I think, uh, think it is, at its heart, a very American movie. There are themes about the idealism of the 60s giving way to, you know, the Reagan years. I think there um, is a lot of family dynamics here to talk about, especially between Ray and his dad and Ray and his wife. Right, and then you also throw in some of the dynamics about what's going on with James Earl Jones' character, Terrence Mann. That's not necessarily family, but it's... He's a good example of the 60s giving way to the 80s, in my opinion, and I hope we will talk about that. So that would be the things that I think we should talk about. So let's start with the theme of following your passion and I'm going to add a little clip right here of James Earl Jones talking about that so stand by wish I had your passion Ray misdirected though it might be it is still a passion I used to feel that way about things but okay so this is a conversation that you and I have been having for the past 
I don't know, a few months at least about we don't really know what our passion is, or I at least don't know what my passion is. I used to have really strong interests and passions and hobbies and things, and now I don't seem to have that anymore. Well, I don't think that's completely right. I think uh, one of our passions is what we're doing right now. This is a newfound passion, and I think... When I listen to, if you build it, he will come. I almost feel like there's times when we're not getting any traction with this and we're working really hard on this. Right. And it can be very frustrating to put in the work and not see any sort of return necessarily. Right. But I do have to believe at some point Maybe we're going to hear from Kevin Costner about this. Yeah, it'd be really good. I think... Maybe of... somebody's going to return our emails about doing an interview with us. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that uh, that we haven't done a lot of, but maybe because we've just been busy with our regular work, is that promoting this project has not been our strong suit. Yeah. Um, so, but in the meantime, I'm getting to spend a lot of time with you and have a lot of fun doing it. And me with you, my love. Thank you. But, you know, everybody around Ray told him, you're ruining your family, you're ruining your life. He goes to pick up James Earl Jones at the behest of the voice, and... You know, James Earl Jones doesn't want him around. He doesn't want to be fixed. He doesn't really understand why Ray is there. Right. And yet, Ray sees it through, and Terrence Mann comes around, and then he gets fully invested. And then they go to Minnesota, and all kinds of magic happens in Minnesota with time travel and, you know, getting to know... This guy that his passion was being a doctor, as it turns out. It wasn't being a baseball player. Right. That that was a blip in his in his life and that he says, Well, it would have been worse if I had never gotten my doctor's degree and uh, He said that would have been the tragedy. Right. So, um and his wife is a very passionate woman too. She I I really like this actress, Amy Madigan. She's very spunky, and she has a great scene, too. We're going to talk about that if, you know, she doesn't back down when her brother comes for the farm, and she she holds out as long as she can to believe in her husband, and I don't know if it was the idealism of the 60s, but it was just beautiful to see these people believe in this crazy Right, but I mean, and you sort of said before, family dynamic that you stick together. What else is there in life if you don't try to work together on, in this case, passions, finding yourself, resolving past issues? If that's not part of what life is, I don't know what is. I sort of feel like... I even have gone through this to some extent in in these this past year sort of really finding myself finding a little bit more of the passion and also finding out that things that I thought were a certain way might not have actually been that way and um, that you get different and sometimes quite better perspective from your life partner who I mean they're there for a reason (laughs) you love them and they're also they have a lot of wisdom to share even if they sometimes push your buttons while they're doing it everybody does that (laughs) well let's talk about the idea of family in this 
movie, I think the main thing that probably people would point to is the dynamic between Ray and his father. His father's name is John, and they parted on very bad terms. Right. As Ray says, um, I never... It's going to make me cry. This movie makes me cry. As I said to Greg, thank God I've got the sniffles from COVID. Nobody will know I'm crying. But he's... <sighs> Hold on, folks. She's getting a little choked up. It's the COVID, everybody, not the feelings. He says, I never forgave my father for growing old. But he said some really horrible things to him. And that uh, I believe he even said something to the relation of how how can I believe in somebody that uh, his favorite player was a criminal or whatever? Yeah, that's what he said. About Shoeless Joe Jackson, which... Who incidentally wore shoes during this entire movie. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> if I may just interject briefly. Not to interrupt, Greg. Uh, right. But he... It's difficult. It is a thing that um, losing my mom this year, I've had a lot of time really to reflect on our relationship, which was very complicated. And, um, you know, my dad is still here. And we have a decent relationship, but it would be a thing that I don't think I would find easy to sit and talk to him about what our relationship has been, what, I don't know, I, I, and it's different for a female child and a, and a male parent, but, um, you know, raising a very free-spirited child myself. We have this argument a lot about, you know, I don't say things the right way or I don't do things. And she interprets that to mean that I don't listen to her, that I don't understand her, when in fact I'm trying to do the opposite and show her that I'm listening and I'm showing her that I have some understanding of what she's going through at any given point. And you're doing it your own way, like Ray, Ray Kinsella was yeah. in this movie. And I don't know if... I'm also doing it like the polar opposite of what my parents did. And I don't know if I did it the way my parents did, if I'd have better results with this. I don't know. But kids do the opposite of what their parents do, because that's what... Yeah, that's what we do. We don't want to repeat those mistakes so we make our own mistakes right and we don't necessarily think of oh we should have grabbed that little aspect or that little aspect because we sort of think well we want to do it our own way we leave that to the side and maybe overall for for you for me for anybody else out there that maybe we should look back and say well, hold on. Maybe there was stuff that was said to me at X time that was actually quite useful that could be implemented or should have been implemented to assist with our child or, or in other situations. So, at the end of the movie... Ray has the chance to meet his father as a young man. Right. Which, obviously, he never knew his father as a young man because none of us do. Like, we always meet our parents kind of where they're at, and I don't know that we... If I think back to, say, my dad, I don't have any very firm memories of him before I was maybe four or five years old. 
Right. right? But by that point, my dad was 30 years old. Right. You know? To a, to a young kid that's ancient. Exactly. And yet that's younger than I am today. I got to talk to my dad a little bit about the movie and what he felt about watching it himself. And I don't know, can we make that clip happen here? Let's see. This is my dad. We just finished watching Field of Dreams. Yes. Would love to hear your take as my dad in particular on Field of Dreams. I liked it very much. Kind of a strange story. I had not I didn't see it in the movies. Okay, went so, to the Bahamas. And that was right after Pop Pop died. He died in February. We went in April or May March or something. Okay. And I had not seen that movie before. Now if you remember, I did not cry or act up during Pop Pop's funeral. But when that movie came on and he met his father, I bawled my eyes out. It was, for me, a very touching thing because it reminded me of the two of us playing catch in the backyard. I did like the movie very much. I like James Earl Jones. He has a wonderful voice. Kevin Costner was very good, you know. All right. So now you have heard from my dad about... Uh, his experience watching it so it was nice to have that conversation with him about this and yeah I think a lot about my grandfather too when I watch it my dad's dad because Ray's dad was in the Navy and then he worked on the docks and my grandfather was in the Navy and he worked on the docks so just a lot of parallels with our family and I just really like that idea that there is redemption in the family and if I want to look really deeply into it when you look at Annie and her brother um, at the end her brother's been a shithead the whole entire movie but then it's not too late for them to repair their relationship when he finally realizes the error of his way exactly he finally hears the bell ring so to speak and He's on his way. So anything else to talk about where the theme of family is involved? I wish I had something from my past with my parents or sister that really can even equate to uh, stuff for for your dad and, and everything. I can't really picture anything um, you might in a different movie maybe we're gonna find out yeah and uh something that was not in the clip uh that our conversation with uh kate's dad but um of course i did go to the movie set twice yeah i would love for you to talk about that because i haven't gotten to go it is quite an experience. I mean, of course, I had watched the movie a number of times before going there. And seeing it and going into the house that was used as the home that uh, Ray and Annie used as their place, um, it, it really, it was... I, it's hard to describe because I think this it's the only quote-unquote movie set that I've gone to. Well, when we were watching tonight, you even said, oh, that looks exactly the same today. Like you, Right, it, that, that it's very similar. And, and I think it's good that they, they were able to sort of preserve that. What is it about this movie, do you think, that made it important for people to be able to go there? And to preserve that set. I think there is something special about this movie. Because I mean, if... Like, there's not a Jurassic Park that we can go visit necessarily that hasn't been artificially reconstructed. There's right. not... You can't go to the Psycho Mansion. But you can visit the Field of Dreams. Yeah. And I think 
that part of the reason for that is that as we were sort of discussing about a lot of different aspects about this movie that just they resonate with with lots of people um and just like we had discussed before that whole uh scene about the possibility of uh, banning slash burning books or whatever that is so relevant today that we've been running into that so i think that preserving a movie set that maybe not all those scenes happened at this this movie set in Iowa but it really helps to preserve something that I guess in some ways may have really drastically affected or sort of helped people with their daily life and and uh, their perspective on stuff if for myself in some ways that's what I look for in a movie that I look for a movie that will help me be a better me rather than just seeing a shoot 'em up bang bang movie I, I want something that's deeper and Field of Dreams is deeper I think Field of Dreams speaks to the best part of who Americans can be. It's about the simple life. It is about following your dreams. Americans at their heart, you know, put aside what's been going on the past 25 years in this country, but at our heart, Americans are dreamers and they're doers Mm -hmm. and they're hardworking and say what you want. But I do think that this movie is a real, like, baseball and apple pie slice of America. And I think that's what people respond to. Forgiveness, dreaming, the best parts of this country. The things that I love about the United States is what Field of Dreams is about. Do you think this movie would have worked as well if it had been set somewhere else? Do you think the setting of Iowa matters? As long as it was like a sort of remote, out of the way type of thing. But I think that Iowa sort of has gotten that reputation as sort of middle of nowhere type state. So... I think that even back when this movie came out, that it was, that was the thinking. It's kind of in the middle of everything and the middle of nowhere at the same time. Correct. Our most recent experience in Iowa was in June. We were hauling through Iowa in a U-Haul truck with you behind us in a car. And we blew a tire on the truck. And we got stuck. Literally, if the middle of nowhere is in Iowa, that's where we got stuck. Yeah. yeah. And we had to wait for U-Haul to find somebody to come and get us. And they sent the most ridiculous tow truck driver to change he, he, the tire. He, he was a hoot. He was hilarious. But behind this abandoned building where we were stopped at was just this beautiful field. I'm going to post this picture, too. With a tree, I think, in the middle of nowhere. And just a field and a tree. And I think the caption I even put on that picture at the time was, Is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, I I, I think we've had a lot of fun with Field of Dreams over the past few bits of our relationship, too. Absolutely. And that's, uh, I'll repeat again, that's part of what, the American psyche is. I mean, you you need to connect. You need to um, relate to things, and this movie does that. I mean, maybe not for everybody, but it definitely resonates for us, and um, I imagine for a good segment of society. Maybe not for uh, the 
book-burning crowd, but I don't know. Maybe it just changed their minds or something. Let's talk about that scene. So uh, Ray and Annie go to their daughter's school for a PTA or a school board meeting, and there is what we would call today a Karen up and screaming, which is hilarious because in the movie their daughter's name is Karen. Right. (laughs) And uh, she is screaming about banning one of Terrence Mann's books. And Annie will not sit quietly by while this woman is screaming and yelling. And so she gets up and she has a few things to say. So let's have a listen to Annie talking about banning books. Sounds good. I've got a better idea. Let's put it to a vote. All right. Who's for Eva Braun here? Who wants to burn books? Who wants to spit on the Constitution of the United States of America? Anybody? All right. Now, who's for the Bill of Rights? Who thinks freedom is a pretty darn good thing? Who thinks that we have to stand up to the kind of censorship that they had under Stalin? So lest anyone think that this is too sappy a movie, there is a little bit of controversy with the book banning. That is something that is continuing to go on today in the name of quote-unquote freedom. Which is not freedom when you ban something. I don't know what mental gymnastics are required to convince yourself that it's freedom to ban people from reading books. But I'm glad I don't understand it. But it does scare me the extent to which, like the state of Florida, I think, has now banned over 1,400 books, 1,400 titles individually, which is terrifying. Why do you think they included this in the midst of all of this other stuff that was going on? Well, it was how uh, Ray connected that he had to go find Terrence Mann because it was one of his books that they were trying to ban. Yeah. Um, And that really set up Terrence Mann's character for having this frustration with the current world right not living up to what he was attempting to convince people would be the ideals back in the 60s when they were all being hippies and practicing free love and whatever right right well i guess maybe we can get into rating this uh movie and sort of uh, so, of course, our first question, did we finish it? Yes, of course. Darn right we did. We have seen this movie. Do you remember the first time you saw Field of Dreams? I do not. I mean, I owned a copy, DVD copy of this movie for quite some time. I mean, we ended up getting rid of some stuff as we moved. but The first time I saw it, we took a cruise when I was like 15 And the quote-unquote entertainment during the day was that they would show movies in their theater at different times, and you could go. And my sister and I went, and we watched Field of Dreams, and we enjoyed it so much, I think we sat through all three showings they had on board the ships. That's the first time I saw it was somewhere in the Caribbean. But I've seen it plenty of times since then. And every time I finished it, I don't think I've ever just let it go. I enjoy watching it. to the end yeah i think for myself i've watched it all the way through i think every time that i have personally turned it on myself i've i've watched it through yeah it's uh it's a wonderful movie it honestly is okay overall film what were your overall feelings about the film i think it was well constructed um yeah, there's not like a slow part. There's not a part that doesn't make sense. I sort of feel like it is what other films should be based on, that they should see how they constructed this film and that... This is what movies should aspire to. There you go. Yeah. That's the way to say it. Can you think of other movies, maybe not sports movies, but other movies that are kind of uniquely American that make you feel the way this movie feels or for me I would say I was thinking about Forrest Gump and how he kind of goes on this odyssey too and he he never loses faith in himself 
And that is a really uniquely American movie. I think both of these are at a similar level. They're very different movies, but they kind of make you feel the same after you watch them. That's what, I mean, makes me wonder even more how they rated this one worse than Bull Durham. Bull Durham was not to feel the dreams level as far as a put together film. I mean, it. Maybe we should watch it with COVID brain. We're in this kind of brain fog right now where we can't really function at 100%. Maybe we should watch it now. See if it makes more sense to us. But is that what we've come to? That, that we make movies that we have to watch <laughs> it at less than 100% thinking? Uh, From the 80s that they would know that COVID would be a thing someday. <laughs> it's like the Bull Durham COVID conspiracy. We've uncovered it. What did you think of Kevin's role and his acting in this movie? I think that he really fit into the role and that he performed it to a T. When I think of Kevin Costner, the actor, I don't think he had to act that hard. Like I, I just get a sense this is kind of who he is. I don't know if that's true or not, but I get a sense that he's sort of a down-to-earth, hard-working guy. And Ray Kinsella is Kevin Costner. Yeah, I mean, that would be something I would love to ask you, Kevin, if we ever get in touch with you, is that how was it making Feel the Dreams? Was it sort of effortless on your part getting into the character? Because it seemed like it fit you so well, like a glove. Yeah, I wonder if that's if that is who he is, and maybe we're out in left field somewhere. Pardon the pun, but you know, small flowers in left field. Yeah. <laughs> Did the film make you feel some kind of way? Even after all these viewings, I still cried at the end. I fought back a little bit on tears but yes i think every time and i've seen it god i probably watched it 10 or more times i don't think i've seen it any time recently i can't remember the last time i watched it but i would say yeah every single time same same for me every single time i watch it it's it's a tearjerker and of course we would watch it again oh absolutely Absolutely. Okay, well, bearing all of this in mind, this is a heck of an episode. Maybe we should get COVID more often. I don't know. Oh, please, no. 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 What are you going to rate this movie? Well, I think Kate gave it away a couple episodes ago that I was going to rate it high. I mean, I have to give it a 10. Why a 10? Why not like a 9 or an 8? Just as I said about just the overall movie itself just the kevin and the other actors as i said it's sort of what i think other movies should aspire to be i'm gonna go with you on a 10 this is pretty much the perfect movie as far as i'm concerned there were a few niggling issues so we did as we like to do put into google maps chisholm minnesota and the field of dreams to see how far apart they are and they are seven hours apart. And, of course, in the movie, it takes them, like, two days to drive the whole thing. But uh... Uh, And funny thing about that, uh, where they actually filmed um, the scene in supposed Chisholm, it actually was another town uh, not too far away from the main movie set oh. in, in Iowa. Interesting. I didn't know that. So, see, it took him even less time. Right. And Shoeless <laughs> Joe had shoes on. <laughs> but that's my only two quibbles with this, and it's not enough to drop it off a Oh, uh, no. No, they're, they're tiny quibbles. I mean, to be honest with you, before we even started the Kevin Costner project, officially, I knew it was getting a tin. Kevin Costner, thank you for bringing Ray Kinsella and the movie to life. And to my best friend, Leslie... If you are out there listening to this podcast, I hope we have convinced you this is not a baseball movie and you should watch it.
Amen. The end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we probably have a couple of crappy movies coming up next. Now, it is 1989 here in Costner World, and we have two more movies to get to before we hit Dances with Wolves. So one of the movies uh, we've had some sort of disagreement about in terms of it actually was filmed in 1983, but it was not released until 1989. And that was... The Gunrunner. So we're going to watch that one next. Again, it was filmed before he was a big name star. And it has terrible ratings and terrible reviews. So I'm not expecting much from that one, but it's not his fault because it was 1983. Then we're into the 90s, finally. We're going to leave the 80s behind, which I'm looking forward to. And we're going to watch Revenge, which was a movie. Apparently, he was also the producer of Revenge. Right. And um, maybe we'll watch those two and combine them into one episode if they're both crappy. They both have terrible reviews, but I'm going to try to keep an open mind about how good or bad they are. Then we're into a real string of good stuff. After that, we got Dances with Wolves, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, JFK, and The Bodyguard. So, all right, it is now after midnight. Let us pray that we might actually get some sleep now. Yes. Good night, folks. And uh, see you next time. Good night. The Kevin Costner Project is produced by October 10 Productions. Our theme music is Happy Acoustic Guitar Background Music by Music Unlimited via Pixabay.com. Audio clips included under fair use policies in our best accordance with U.S. copyright law. You can find us online at thekevincostnerproject.com or by searching Facebook, Instagram, Twitter X, or TikTok for The Kevin Costner Project. This podcast is not endorsed by Kevin Costner or his agents yet.